This week's podcast brought to you by Huge Jacked Men. We don't have time for a witty anecdote or a, or a cold or a open, as we call it. Or a witty anecdote. No, we just, we just have to get our Christmas shopping done now and, and uh, get on with the show. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. This is our last podcast before Christmas. Um, Happy holidays to everyone and Merry Christmas. And this uh, is my Christmas. This visual is my Christmas gift to our listeners. You're going to bring the musical gift to our listeners at the end of the podcast, right? Have you recorded mm. yet your piano Christmas song or uh, holiday song? I've recorded a, a medley of uh, the musical selections, yes. Okay, so you're going to bring the bringing the noise and I'm bringing the funk sort of. This is the visual I want. I want to give you. So I, I flew out to San Francisco last weekend to call a Stanford game, Tennessee at Stanford. And on one of my flights uh, out there, I was just seated in my seat watching people, you know, board the plane. And a woman boarded. And you know, when we had uh, younger kids and we would wear the baby Bjorn and you know, the little pouch. Sure. In the front of us where you could plop the kid, they could face you when they're really little, and then when they get a little bit older, they can face out. This woman had a, a a version of that on, like a Bjorn with a cat in it. Now hers wasn't like, hers was almost like a cage that the cat was in. It's not like the cat was in the Bjorn where it was just completely strapped in, but she had a thing strapped to the front of her with the shoulder straps like a baby Bjorn, and there was a cat in it. Like a like a, a cat pack, like a backpack on yes, a front pack? Yes, but a front pack. A baby Bjorn. For her kitten. For her feline. I thought you were going to say she had a uh, like a full-sized person, like a buddy Bjorn. <laughs> no, but I remember when one of our kids was like two and, and pretty big, putting them in the Bjorn and like finding it. I think we have a video of it somewhere, at least the picture. It was hysterical. Um, but it yeah. Like, I, I, it, it must have looked like those tandem uh, skydivers when you're when yes. you're beginning skydivers you got yes, somebody strapped exactly. to your front exactly exactly so anyway there was a cat strapped to the front of this woman perhaps she as was just she boarded the flight perhaps she was just to San Francisco. at the first sign of turbulence she was prepared to bail out and and pull the chute with her cat <laughs> baby i think it was the kind of thing that you could take off and then put in the under the seat in front of you uh, it was like a little cat cage that you could wear the other interesting thing from my, my trip out, uh, my flight out was, or maybe it was my return flight, I don't quite remember, but the flight attendant said, uh, please do not change diapers on the seats. There are changing tables in all the restrooms. Had somebody been guilty of doing that? That's my assumption. Flight? And recently someone must have been guilty of changing it. Although I have to say, I think there was a time where you and I flew and had a whole row to ourselves and may have like laid the kid down and changed the diaper as long as, and, but like no. put a changing pad down first. Really? Think no, maybe not. I they don't, don't know. They don't allow you to change seats. They don't allow you to change diapers 
and now they don't allow you to change diapers in, in the, the seats. seats. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've, we ever changed the diaper, though, using the changing table. I, I don't even, I wouldn't even know where the changing table is in the Two restroom. Two members of our family, even as infants, wouldn't fit in an airplane bathroom, right? No. One of us barely fits in an airplane bathroom. As we sit here, we're both sipping on some delicious coffee, and we have to thank our friend Carl. Listener. A listener to the podcast, because the other day I'm leaving for work, and I I go outside, and I see our friend in the driveway holding a gift bag, and inside that gift bag was a coffee grinder. It was sort of like... uh... John Cusack can say anything, but instead of a boombox, he had a coffee grinder on it his shoulder. It was nothing like that, but there was a coffee grinder, and this was before before I was heading out, maybe to the airport or or to work or somewhere. So I didn't have a chance to use the coffee grinder until I returned from my trip. So yesterday I used it for the first time, used it again today, and I am now obsessed with the process of pouring the coffee beans into the grinder, grinding them, then making the coffee in it. And I don't know if it's the coffee that we purchased or the process of grinding it so close to brewing it, but the coffee has been delicious. Absolutely delicious. Moreover, isn't it wonderful that you have someone in your life who who knows exactly what you would like for a gift, surprises you with that gift, right? and it, and, and it's exactly what you needed at exactly the right time. I, I have to say it is nice to have that person in my life. <laughs> I mentioned how I was in, in San Francisco last weekend. It was a noon tip local, so I was able to catch a like a 3.30 flight back east. But the only way to, to do it, there's nothing going into New York, nothing direct into Connecticut, of course. I think from go. San Francisco to New York? Not at that time. It was like more of a red eye. Earlier in the day, it, it's hard going west to east Unless it's in the morning or a red eye. There's right. not usually a ton of offerings in the middle of the day because, of course, by the time you get back east, the airport's, I don't know if it's closed or what. But So I fly into Boston and landed after midnight and had a car bring me from Boston to Connecticut. My plan was, all right, I'll get a couple hours of sleep. It's midnight to 2 a.m. But instead, I had a two-hour conversation with um with my driver who super interesting guy also wearing a cat in a front pack <laughs> while he was driving Tootsis. Um, how interesting or, or just kind of cool is this so his wife um i think is now retired but used to work um at yukon medical center so when you work at yukon or i'm sure at any university your kids can go to school for free so they have five children First three all went to UConn, tuition paid for. And then twins who both are seniors at West Point. They both got, and he was saying like, it can be really challenging. Twins, one's a boy, one's a girl. He said, you know, how it can be really hard to get um, recommendations for siblings to go to a military academy because you have to get them from your state senator and all of that. Do you get Um, identical uh, letters of recommendation? What's that? Yeah, Yeah. right. but so he was saying, he's like, so how about that? You know, we, we have five kids, all who have gone to school and uh, basically tuition free. That's a pretty great way to do it as a parent. That's awesome. The last uh, two of the last three days, I've driven the New York City round trip um, and 
for for different reasons, but yesterday, I think it was. Yeah, it was yesterday. I was Wait, did I say West Point? Yeah. I meant Annapolis. Well, those are two completely different things. I know. I meant the Army that. Navy game would be much less interesting if it were if they were the same thing. Right, no. So I'm sorry, Annapolis. Okay. But proceed. I'm guessing you're going something West Point related, right? No, no, but college oh. related. Uh, you said five kids through college. Uh, in southern Connecticut. So we live in the far north. Far north, yep. Southern Connecticut, as you're getting kind of uh, sucked into the, uh, the magnetic pull of of metropolitan New York, there was a car. You know those those narrow uh, strip stickers in the back window with a collet with a university name on it. You know, like yeah. people will put it at the bottom of their rear windshield. Yes, Wesleyan University or whatever. There were five of them, all different, stacked one on top of each other. Four or five, four or five. But I was thinking there's, that's somebody who has paid a lot of uh, college tuition, and then I noticed that their uh, their bumper magnet was from our kids' high school. Oh really? Yeah. So I that then that then it then our ten consecutive years of college tuition really really hit home. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question because this actually came up a couple of weeks ago when I was talking to somebody, and they said to me, "I noticed I saw the back of your your minivan. I think it was the minivan. I noticed that there's a college sticker on there, and it's not UConn. Why don't you have a UConn sticker on your car?" And I said, "Well, because I don't have a child who goes to UConn, like." That's what those stickers are, right? They're where your kid goes, not where. Did somebody say this as as a beef? Like, like. No, no, not as a beef. They were just curious. Why, you know, why don't you have a Yukon sticker? If you had a Yukon sticker, it would be like an uh, alumnus. Be like a license, like the one of the things that border the license plate. Or yeah, there's like a you know a whatever alumni um, magnet, I guess. But I was like, I don't think anybody puts their sticker on once they have children, right? It's just your kid's sticker that goes on there. Why, right? don't you, why, why don't you have the, the, the bumper magnet of the elementary school that you attended? <laughs> I, well, we, we actually do have the bumper or the uh, the magnet of the elementary school our kids attended. Right. But I'm saying right. why don't it's the same question. Right, right. So when he asked me that, I, it got me thinking, like, people don't do that, right? Well, but our, our listeners will tell us. Him. Yeah, I don't know. Our people do get, people do get uh, kind of, especially... As they get older, they get as they get older, and the the uh, fundraising department of their of their alma mater really digs Tightens in their claws. The yeah, they they get uh, nostalgic. Like, should their... we? Well, I mean, can you imagine if we had a Yukon and Marquette? If we had stickers on our window, and then we're driving, people say, "Oh, you have a kid at Marquette." No, I was there however many years ago. Oh, you have a kid at Yukon. No, I was there. Oh, you you, you have ago. a kid at uh, you have a kid at. Uh, Villanova? No, I just I just enjoy watching just, their basketball team. Right. No kid didn't go there. Southwick High School? You go to Southwick? No, no, no. Well, I did, yeah, but long, long time ago. The uh, the basketball stars have aligned for me beautifully this week because uh, earlier in the week, both our son and daughter had basketball games. It's something they do in Connecticut that drives me a little bit crazy is that they have the boys and girls play on the same night. Like when I was in high school, girls played Monday, Thursday, boys played Tuesday, Friday. Um, but in Connecticut, oftentimes they play on the same night, which is not ideal for people who have a son and a daughter who both play. And then you're well, kind of choosing which game you're going to go. Statistically, what are the odds that's, that, that a family would have both a son and a daughter though? So. I think that's the the reasoning behind the schedule. Yeah, I bet there's... I'm kidding. Of course. Right, of course. 
And so, but earlier this week, they both had a game on the same night, but our son's game was at a time where I could go watch. Soon as it ended, left. It was an away game, drove away to his sister's away game, was able to watch that as well. And then last night I was in the Bristol studio and our daughter originally had a game the previous week that had been pushed to last night. And I, I was originally just super bummed because I was ha- going to have to miss her game. And then I looked and I saw that our game that we were broadcasting that I was doing halftime for it tipped at 930. So I went to our daughter's game, an away game. Soon as it ended, I had mapped it out to the minute. Soon as it ended, got in the car, drove to Bristol and got there in plenty of time uh, to be made up and hair blown out and ready to sit on set. But uh, the stars aligned very, very well this week. I'm sure they're not going to many more weeks this season, but it was a it was a win all around. As you're describing us. this, I'm I'm thinking they, they ought to make a have a remake of Cannonball Run, but it, it would be Basketball Run, and and you have to you have to attend, you know, five youth basketball games in one night while also getting back to studio and hair and makeup yeah. and all that. It would be a, it would be you know interesting. Well, Dom DeLuise would have to be in it. The um the parent you know for parents who are listening who are sort of the ones in charge of the logistics and the scheduling can understand this too because uh, yesterday you know we have three kids still in school our college daughter is home for the holiday and and you you were gone to New York for the day and it it was all right how do i get this one home how do i get this one here and that one there and when when everything kind of comes together beautifully in a puzzle where you don't have to ask for outside help. And it was just like score because I was trying to think, all right, our daughter after her basketball game, how do I get her home from the school when she gets off the bus? Because I'll be at work. You're still in New York. And then it was like this light bulb went on. Our college age daughter is home and she can drive. And uh, anyway, the parents who do the logistics of their household know sometimes like seems like oh gosh who am i gonna have to ask for help which person am i gonna have to bring in whatever and then when it all comes together it's uh it's a lovely lovely feeling well when i was in new york yesterday i was going down to uh uh something in near times square and i park as i always do on the upper west side and try to walk through a corner of uh central park the near columbus circle uh near tavern on the green near sheep meadow all that familiar uh, stomping grounds. Um, so I usually trace the same path to if I have to go to Midtown Manhattan. And I was doing that yesterday. And I did it uh, a couple of months ago with our daughter. Uh, she and I went to, uh, we're going to Madison Square Garden, I think, for a concert. All right. And we the walked. The Killers? Who was it? It was The Killers, yeah. We walked uh, past the Winter Garden Theater that mm-hmm. for, for decades was home to cats at the mm-hmm. Winter Garden Theater. It was always the TV commercial when you lived in New York. and uh, But now it's The Music Man starring – The Music Man is in small uh, font and Hugh Jackman on the marquee is, is what they're selling. And I remember our daughter saying, oh, we should wait here, you know, and see if we – see if Hugh Jackman walks out or Hugh Jackman walks in. I said, I, you know – and there was a crowd milling around, I think, in the hope of seeing Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. This is when you were with our daughter. With, with our daughter. Yeah. And, I, and I remember this because I said to her, well, if they're waiting to see a huge jacked man. They've, they've come to the at, right they've place. They've come to the right place. Exactly. Yeah, and then we, we moved on. So yesterday I'm walking that same same path that I, you know. Your route to Midtown. My route to Midtown. 
Root and, or route? Uh, I'd go root. Get your kicks on route 66. It has to be root, right? Yeah, okay. Um, although paper route, not paper route. Paper route, route 66. So I'm I'm situational with that. Okay. But uh, I paused. I mean, I appropriately moved to the side, so I'm not blocking traffic, but I had to reply to a couple of texts. And, and as I'm composing the text, I hear shrieking, like a big wah, rush of inrush of air. And, and then I look up and, and there's a girl about our daughter's age walking in my, in my direction mm-hmm. from towards the huge Jack walking man. north as I'm walking south. Mm-hmm. I look, I'm, I'm under the, the rear marquee of the Winter Garden Theater. Mm-hmm. And this girl says to no one in particular, oh my God, I just saw Hugh Jackman. And as I look up, there's no sign of Hugh Jackman or anybody, but there is a, a crowd of people just agog. Mm-hmm. And this middle-aged man says, again, to nobody in particular, Hugh Jackman just walked in. I mean, a lot of these people probably most of them were just walking by. Right. Some of them I'm sure were milling around just to you know, take pictures under the marquee or something. So I texted our daughter, Hugh Jackman just walked into the Winter Garden Theater. I was texting, so I didn't see him. And she replied with uh, you know, a ton of skeleton skull and crossbone emojis and said this was the biggest mistake of my life, <laughs> not having looked up to see Hugh Jackman. Well, as far as lives go, if that's your biggest mistake, you're doing some things right. I, I mean- I, well, well, If you had- If, if I had my druthers, I, I would rather have been looking up and seeing Hugh Jackman so I could tell her, hey, I saw Hugh Jackman. But, but here's the question. So if you had your head up and you'd seen Hugh Jackman, would you then be the middle-aged guy walking by saying, I just saw Hugh you, you, Jackman? You tell me. Yeah, I'm guessing not. No, I, I I would have texted her and say, "Hey, Hugh Jack," because we had had that thing where you want to wait for Hugh Jackman. No, we're not waiting for Hugh Jackman. But I said I did text her. You know what? If you came to this spot most days at twelve forty-five p.m., which is when it was, you're probably going to see Hugh Jackman because he physically has to get into the theater. You know, right? There's still no underground. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway. This week, not only I was talking about the night where where I was able to go to both basketball games, our sons and our daughters. What I missed that night was the just the lovely um, Christmas celebration that they do at the elementary school. They don't call it a pageant because it's not really a pageant. Lessons and carols, where they each class sings, and it's sort of a prayer service, but it really is lovely. And we've been going for what nine or ten years now, no. longer than that. 14 years of Sorry, 15 consecutive. 14 years. And it won't, it won't be just 15 because when our kids are no longer there, we'll still go. Yeah. In fact, there were people there whose kids no longer go and, and were there. And so these- one of the things that they do that's really help, helpful to parents and kids alike, I'm sure, is they do a dress rehearsal at 10 in the morning. So for the last 14 years or 13 years, I've gone to the evening performance. But because both of our kids had games that night, I went to the 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. Uh, dress rehearsal. There's a number of other parents who do who do the same thing if they have a conflict in their evening, or maybe they just go to both so that's easier to take pictures and whatever else. So I'm there, and like 10 minutes in, 
<laughs> as a bunch of kids are up on the altar singing, including our 12-year-old, I just see the the music teacher who was- is, Was the 12-year-old singing or was she lip syncing? I think she might have been singing. Um, I tried to avoid eye contact because like in the spring or the, not the spring concert, the Christmas concert, when I would look at her, it would make her laugh. And so I avoided eye contact because I wanted her to be singing. So the music teacher's kind of crouched in front of them to the side. So as she's conducting, but all of a sudden I just see her stand up and walk forward and catch a boy who faints. And uh, we've heard stories in past years about, you know, a kid fainted at the rehearsal of Lessons and Carols. I don't know if there's some physiology to when you're singing and your breathing is different or if it's because the kids are kind of packed next to each other and are warm. It's I have no idea. Before lunch, they haven't eaten. They, yeah, it's, like, but it's, it's... It's really any altar scenario. Weddings, you know, half of the America's Funniest Videos is either somebody getting sure. hit in the crotch or yes. they're fainting at their wedding. Yes. So she goes over and, and like, she... Just knew to have her eye, I guess, on this particular kid. I'm videoing this, the song. All of a sudden, I just see her catch this boy and then gently, like, lay him down as a couple of teachers come over to tend to him. But what was startling to me, because this is the first time I've ever attended in the day, that we've never seen anybody faint at night. I guess it, for whatever reason, happens more during the day. The kids kept singing as if. Somebody hadn't just fainted. They Dude, just kept la la lying. Showbiz professionals. I mean, it was unbelievable. Per, per, perhaps professionals, but also like just odd. So anyway. What would Hugh Jackman do? WWHJ. <laughs> I'm going to just keep singing. So, so then, I don't know. A minute later, I've stopped videoing at this point. A minute later, I look down, look aside, and I hear boom. And then I look up and another girl <laughs> This time, a sixth grader has gone down. The first time it was a seventh grade boy. This time it's a sixth grade girl. Once Boom. one was, it's, it's like, it's becomes faded. like yawning, you know, it yes, becomes contagious. It's contagious. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm sitting there and, uh, and, and the kids keep singing. And these are people and, like dressed as angels and yes, shepherds. And yes, yes. One of the teachers comes over to me and says, would you like to be this girl's uh, like proxy parent right now? And I didn't realize the girl who had fainted is is from a family who's very, very close to us. And uh, and she is one of my the kids I've coached for years in basketball, a kid we've had over for playdates many times. So I said, of course. So I go down to the nurse's office in the school. Crammed with other proxy parents? There are No, I'm the only proxy parent. There are two kids, the boy, and, and I guess there were three total. I missed the first fainter. There had the, the, the girl was the third kid who had fainted in the first 15 minutes of this rehearsal. So the boy's laying down. He's like white as can be. His face, like you, like he had clearly <laughs> something going on. This girl and then, you know, the girl that I know. So I just went and sat and talked with her because she, of course, was like rattled a bit as you would be if you have you've just fainted. And um, But as I was sitting in there with her, you know, they, <laughs> they came over the loudspeaker and said, you know, we've decided to suspend <laughs> the rehearsal. For lessons and carols, which part of me was like, okay, well, this this is a bummer because I came here to watch the show, knowing the, the show, the performance, knowing that I'm not going to be here tonight. But then that night when our, our daughter is brushing her teeth and I said to her, I said, uh, you know, when the kids were fainting, I said, it was really, it was interesting to me that you guys kept singing. And she said, well, we wouldn't, we didn't know what to do. So we just kept singing. And I said to her, I said, well, for the rest of your life, if you see someone faint, stop what you're doing 
and see if they're okay. Like that, that should be no, the baseline. You know, Stop no. what you're doing and see if they're okay. In the future, as an adult, if she sees somebody faint or some suffers some kind of medical emergency, she's going to start singing God Rest Ye Merry right. Gentlemen. <laughs> Pick it up in the fifth bar. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is, I, I've never had to have this conversation with my other children, but guys, just so you know, if someone goes down, number one, check that they're all right. Have you ever fainted? No, I've never fainted. I was thinking about that. People like, do I've that gotten, a lot, like when they have like college hypnotists and stuff. I've they? gotten lightheaded before, but, and that was another co conversation I had with her daughter, because um, the the girl who had fainted, the nurse asked her, like, what happened? She said, well, the room started, the room got a little black and it started spinning a little bit. And she said, yeah, that's usually what happens. And um, so I, that's, I said to our daughter, I said, because uh, you could tell she was a little bit, of course, like unnerved by the fact that she'd seen these kids faint. I said, if I said you kind of know what's coming. I said, if if the room spins a little or or if, you know, you see spots or it's black, I said, just immediately sit down because you're probably still going to faint. But at least that way it takes away the the fall. Have you ever fainted? I haven't. But I, uh, the advice to our kids and, and to you, if, if you if you did, A, there's not going to be anybody there to catch you. <laughs> and, and B, there might be somebody yelling timber. Yes, right. Just for laughs. There's a reason people our size don't ski. It's just a really fall, long way to, to the ground. But yeah, if you're going to faint, figure out well, a way to, to uh, get a little closer to that hard, hard ground. On my uh, long drives the last couple of days to and from New York, I was listening to podcasts and satellite radio channels that I'd never listened to before. And one of them was, uh, there's now a, a, a Conan O'Brien podcast channel on Sirius XM. And I was just, the one that happened to be coming on was an interview he did with Michelle Obama promoting her new book. And uh, Different from Becoming, wasn't that, was that her old book? Yeah, I don't know. It was whatever her new book is. Okay. And, uh, and she was saying that uh, – she was talking about a chapter about being different. It wasn't because she was African-American. She said that was – she wasn't different growing up, you know, um, because of her skin color. Uh, in a largely black community, she was different because she was exceptionally tall. Tall, yeah. How tall is she? I don't She's know. But, but she said – she wanted, as a kid, to be, you talk about not skiing, she wanted to be a gymnast as a kid. And she laughed and said, you know, I had no idea that this was the thing I was most ill-suited to be with the high center of gravity was being a gymnast because she was nine years old. And, She's 5'11", by the way. Okay. Well, I mean, so that's She's, tall. That's very tall. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah. That, but, you know, our kids took gymnastics and, um, you know. Well, when they were little, little. Yeah, but we knew when they were little that they, they they would likely have a high center of gravity, and that gymnastics probably wasn't. I used to think that too when our when our oldest was taking ballet in maybe like fifth or sixth grade, um, or dance classes. Just like thinking, is she ever going to look around and notice that? You know, most dancers. A lot of dancers are tall, right? Yeah, but she was already probably in fifth or sixth grade, the size of a full grown dancer. A full-grown dancer? Full-grown dancer, yes. Full-grown dancer. <laughs> yes. Like, I think two of our kids right now are full-grown dancers, how, how tall but is our your, other two aren't. How tall is your sixth grader? She's she's the size of a full-grown dancer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we better get to viewer mail because we know we have to leave that extra bit of time at the end for your melody of Christmas <laughs> 
songs. Yeah, well, I mean, your piano melody, med- medley, medley, medley. Well, it's probably a melody too. Uh, medley, the, me- the melody medley. Well, first of all, let's not oversell it. It's it's not good. It's not long, and it's probably not pleasant. <laughs> all right, let's get to viewer mail. Let's shall get we? to viewer mail. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your pure mail. Our first viewer mail comes from, oh, it comes from Pat Eaton Rob. Hey, Pat. Pat uh, writes, hi, Rebecca and Steve. It's Pat, your AP correspondent, and Pat is indeed uh, Associated Press correspondent. I've been on the DL these past few months after undergoing triple bypass surgery in October. I didn't know that, Rebecca. We did not know that. Pat, Pat. we hope you're doing well. But I have really enjoyed listening to the podcast while out on my cardiac rehab hikes. Well, that's- That's a good sign. That's a good sign. Um, But uh, yeah, we wish you the best in your recovery, Pat. I wanted to express my condolences, writes Pat, to both of you on the recent deaths of Grant Wall and Marciela Oriema. Um, I was in New York yesterday for Grant Wall's memorial service. It was beautiful. It was um, uh, like Grant in life. It was bringing lots of people together, uh, which he did at restaurants and dinner parties and uh, press functions and World Cups and things like that. Um, which is writing did as well, and it was it, it was a um, it was a really a beautiful memorial to Grant and a testament to uh, how many people loved and uh, admired him. Uh, and I don't know if you had mentioned Coach Oriema's mother's passing. If you had talked about that on the podcast, no, I hadn't talked about it. She um, she passed away a couple of weeks ago. It was right. It was a couple of days before. We did their game um, down in Maryland, and she was, uh, you know, a regular fixture around the team. Um, Nana was how we all referred to her, and um, it uh, she will certainly be missed. She was a full of life, vibrant um, woman with, of course, a strong, strong accent, an Italian act Would it be an Italian accent? Sure. And... Um, Anyway, well, Italian was, mixed with Philadelphia. Yeah, yes, and uh, but she was around a lot when uh, when I was playing at UConn and and, and subsequently around uh, the teams after that. So um, certainly will be missed. On another, oh, um, I had the pleasure of meeting both of them, writes Pat. And while I didn't know them, I'm so impressed by the lives they led. On another subject, I just wanted to clarify for Rebecca that in Connecticut, you can be called for jury duty once a year, but are mandated to answer that call just once every three years. That's interesting. You can be called every year. But you're only required to answer that call every three years. That's interesting. He, he, he in fact, he cuts and pastes uh, the general Connecticut general statutes that state that. I've attached the relevant wording from the Connecticut Judicial Branch website. Hope to see Rebecca in stores when I get back to work in January. Keep up the good work, uh, Patty and Rob. Thank you, Pat and Rebecca. Look for Pat in well, January. I'm glad he'll be getting yeah. back to work. I, I would like to get to stores. I won't be covering any games there because all of their home games are covered by Fox. But uh, that's right. I would like to get to a game. I, I think our a couple of our daughters would like me to take them there as well. Uh, our next viewer mail comes from uh, Kirsten. So I have to read that. It's not Kristen, it's Kirsten. Um, and Kirsten writes, Restiva, greetings from Maine. As a big fan of enumerated lists, let me jump right in. I always love an enumerated list. And I think this has some uh, subclasses that have letters, Rebecca. All right, I like it. One, I'm a longtime listener, first time letter writer. Yay! Well, yes, 
Although neither an originalist nor a completionist, I love that like constitutional law. Now we have these terms, an originalist yes. and a completionist. Yes. We should have some sort of bylaws. Kirsten is get, neither. Uh, Mark Simon, even though he's more of a numbers guy, well, but he should write our I don't bylaws. I think we need to codify this anymore. I'm just, I'm just thinking that, I like it. that we're going to have to add another patch, yeah, originalist and completionist true. for the merit badge. Uh, although neither an originalist nor a completionist, I'm a huge fan of the podcast and sing your praises in any conversation that includes discussing podcasts or sports or basketball or family or good, clean fun. Two, well, thank you, Kirsten. Two, I learned about your podcast from my coworker, Greg from Maine, of great fame with a story about hockey etiquette here that asks fans to call goalies colanders, not sibs, <laughs> when they let right. a puck go by. That's I remember right. that. Yes, of course. Three, Steve, I feel an irrational kinship with you as I was also born in Chicago, grew up in Oak Park. And we were born days apart in September of 1966. Wow. I've read several of your books and share so many pop culture references that you reference in your books and in the podcast. Thanks for the memories. Well, thank you, Kirsten. Rebecca, is, as, as my brother-in-law always, my, my brother-in-law who is married to Rebecca's sister, always states with wonder that Re neither Rebecca nor her sister Rachel has any idea often of, of TV references that are, that are so common to the rest of us. Not because of any age difference, but because... Because Maybe we didn't the, get the, cable TV until we were in high school. They were deprived. Well, it I mean, wasn't. I, I didn't either. I didn't either. It, it, it's the after-school reruns that that seemed to be have. Because we were too busy being productive with our yes, lives. We were exactly. playing sports. We were doing our instruments. We that's, were the Type A personality overachievers. While you were that's exactly the watching problem. TV. That's I think exactly so. the, the, your deficiency. Four, Rebecca, I am in awe of all that you juggle. I too have always worked full time with kids, but I only have two. You're a role model, I'm sure, to not only your daughters, but other young women growing up in a time where it's now finally okay to want a full time career and a family. Rebecca, this is where I'm pausing for you to say thank you. Thank you. Was that uh, obnoxious of me? No. But it's, it's uh, kind of Kirsten to uh, say yeah, that very five. Kind. Thank you. Two specific things from your podcast to comment on. Lowercase a, regarding the lost art of answering the phone with the advent of cell phones, I think the same can also be said of initiating phone calls. I have such a clear memory of calling my friends and asking, is Jenny, or a fellow in the name of whomever I was calling, is Jenny there? The wise and witty parent would say, just say yes, and then sit there waiting. Eventually, I learned to say, may I speak to Jenny? And it was, uh, and if I was really uh, feeling grown up, I'd start with, hello, Mrs. X, this is Kirsten. May I speak to Jenny? That's one thing our kids don't have to do at all, because they... Every single human being has their own phone number, but they don't—they're not calling people anyway. They're texting them, and and there's there's no etiquette. There's no our salutation. Daughter, our, so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Our 16-year-old the other day, I called her to forget to figure out whatever, and then I said, "All right, goodbye." But she'd already hung up. Well, I got to reinforce with her. There's a hello and there's a goodbye when you your, have a conversation. What was your telephonic cell? I mean, this is hypothetical because you didn't really have friends growing up and nor call them. But if you had- I had friends. I didn't call them. Did you Did you ever make phone calls and have to ask for somebody? On occasion. My, my, but uh, very rarely. My childhood telephonic salutation was in, in the horrible event that somebody's parent or sibling answered would be, it's Mike there. Right. And and uh, usually they didn't torture me with yes, and then wait on the phone. Right. B. This is five B. If you're scoring at home, Ludafisk and Lefsa, two of my least favorite things. These are Minnesota uh, delicacies that I, I think nobody actually likes, but mm -hmm. they're 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 
connected to Minnesota. My mom's side of the family is 100% Norwegian. I spent most holidays in Gaze Mills, Wisconsin, where my mom was raised by Olaf and Julia Larson. Lutefisk was her favorite dish, and every grandchild except me gobbled up the left side with butter and brown sugar. Yuck. Ooh, man. Ooh. That said, I was thoroughly delighted by the Lutefisk Lefse cheer one of your listeners wrote in about and shared with my family at my uncle's funeral last May. Thank you. It was a nice moment of levity. Levity and Lefse. Rebecca, that's that's Lefse. our that's the name of our next podcast. Okay. Six, and lastly, if the position is available, may I be the resident ball and chain supply chain expert? Ball and supply chain, Rebecca. Yes, especially these days when there still seems to be supply chain chain issues. I'd love a supply chain you are, expert. You are the ball and chain supply chain expert. That has a nice ring to it. Yes. Right? I'm the in supply- ball and supply chain yes. expert. I'm in supply chain here in Maine. Supply chain in Maine. I mean, I this mean, is this on. is the euphony of these, yes. these phrases. Is, is, uh, I love it. I'm in supply chain in Maine, uh, and it stays mainly on the plane, Rebecca. I'm in supply chain here in Maine at a large retailer and would be happy to answer any of your supply chain questions. Thanks for bringing all of us listeners and such fun every week with your stories from the family travels and general antics with the kids. Kirsten, Kirsten, thank you. What a, thank what you, a Kirsten. great email. Incredible first time writer. Enumerated we that. and e alphabeted. Yes. And uh, from, from a non originalist, non completionist, uh, long time, first time supply chain in Maine, ball and chain supply chain expert. Nice. Our next viewer mail, Rebecca, comes from uh, comes from Maureen. Hello, Maureen. And Maureen's in Arizona. She writes, hello, Rebecca and Steve. This is my first time writing to you. Back-to-back first-timers. Nice. After listening to your recent podcast where you went on a short rant about the boarding, a short uh, rant about the boarding process on a Southwest flight, I felt the need to put on my HR hat and point out that there are many disabilities, both those visible, wheelchair, and not visible. The airlines have to provide pre-boarding based on a medical request to anyone that asks for it, and under the ADA, they can't ask what the medical reason is. This was this was in regard to boarding wheelchairs, right, Rebecca? People in wheelchairs. People in wheelchairs, who wheelchairs, wheelchairs, who weren't yes. in wheelchairs, yeah. So it may be anxiety, bladder problems, someone going through chemo, et cetera, that requests the early boarding. I know you meant no harm by it, but I was compelled to write to you. I fly out of Phoenix on a regular basis, so I'm well aware of the long lines of pre-board folks we seem to always have, and as a frequent traveler, I do enjoy hearing all of Rebecca's experiences that I can relate to. Have a wonderful holiday and see you in Dallas for the final four. Signed, Mo, parentheses, Maureen in Arizona. So, Maureen, I'll, I'll add this. Of, obviously, I did not mean any disrespect oh, sure. to people with medical conditions. But we appreciate I, her writing in because yes. it, it is, of and, course, people with anxiety, bladder will, problems, et cetera. But I will add this note. When I fly any other airline where you purchase a seat and there might not be an ad, any advantage to pre-boarding, you don't have more than a handful of pre-boarders. Sure. Uh, our next, uh, G, uh, what is the address, Rebecca? We should give it out occasionally. Ball and chain pod at gmail.com. Why can't I remember that? It really, I don't ro- know. It, it really rolls off the tongue. And it's right Ball in front and of chain you. pod at gmail.com. The it's right there. No, no, there. it says, it says to me in the, in the Gmail thing, it says, you know, from it Tom. Say. To, it says to me. To me, there's okay. no where it says my our email. If you clicked on me, I think it would show you. But uh, it's ball and chain yeah. You click pod. on me, it says that. Okay, yeah, at gmail.com. Rebecca and Steve writes Tom. It has been normal around our house to discuss how I want to be disposed of after my passing. You, oh, you, good. You We're not that. the only ones. No. 
No, I don't want to be stuffed, but I do have instructions. My kids know that I want to be cremated and I want my ashes to be scattered inside Notre Dame Stadium. My youngest, now 25, has been telling me for years that he will be happy to put my ashes in a urinal at Notre Dame Stadium. Then he will flush me to my final destination. (laughs) Yay, we're not the only ones. (laughs) They also know that if they get arrested for doing this, they are to tell the judge that this was my last wish on this earth. (laughs) My daughter-in-law and my future daughter-in-law have also been made aware of my request. I mean, how how good is that? It's so great. Rebecca, it was such a pleasure to meet you after the UConn-Notre Dame hoop game. Happy holidays to you and your family. Your resident college football fan, Tom. Yeah, I met Tom. I forgot to mention that uh, when I came home from there, that I got a chance to meet him after the game. Well, he was- I love meeting our ball and chain listeners. Of course. Of course you do. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if someone comes over and says, you know, I enjoyed watching you play, I enjoy meeting them, you, you, but I love meeting the ball and chain you, listeners. You usually have uh, security uh, uh, tase them, right? <laughs> it's that. just like if people take time out of their lives to listen to you and me blather on, um, it's nice to, to meet them. What you're saying, it was a pleasure to watch you play, but but if they actually slog through yes. these conversations, yes. they deserve some, well, they deserve a merit badge. Yes. Uh, this is, uh, this next one comes from Kevin in Idaho. Okay. Hello, Kevin. Kevin writes, dearest, uh, now, now we get dear, we get Restiva, we get Ball and Chain, we get Steve and Rebecca on occasionally. This is just the ampersand, dearest and the ampersand between Ball and Chain. Mm-hmm. But I think it's actually a plus sign in the, yeah. uh, in the logo. Dearest ampersand. It's been a while since your resident beer expert has written in, perhaps due to less airport slash airline drinking occasions, or perhaps our intrepid hosts consuming fewer pints since COVID-19, the pandemic. I wanted to forward you an article that calls out news, now less timely, that will make Steve smile regarding a White Castle-inspired beer. Oh, wow. Ooh. You say ooh, I say ooh. In fact, uh, our listener Dan in Milwaukee recently texted me a photo of a guy at a what I think was a Marquette basketball game wearing a White Castle Christmas sweater. I would be an more, ugly, you know, an ugly sweater. Well, obviously would, an ugly sweater. I would be more apt to wear a White Castle Christmas sweater than I would to be drink a White Castle inspired beer. I'm not a big beer fan anyway, but oof. Tell me more. Well, let's hear. Also see the picture of the extensive lineup of whiteies that were spotted on a recent grocery store excursion. And indeed that's what they're called, whiteies. Yeah, yeah, they're called whiteies. Um, there you go in your in your freezer case. Uh, yeah. I believe there's like a jalapeno. Uh, yeah, there is. He's, he's, he says it there because I was at the grocery once with the kids not too long ago. A jalapeno cheese slider, and even they uh, took a Pasadena on that. Mm. Speaking of Pasadena, I've raised them right. <laughs> speaking of Pasadena, I, I just and and, and uh, Kevin and Idaho, we're gonna get we're gonna get to your. The rest of your viewer mail. I'm sorry to interrupt it, but Pasadena and its and its environs make me think of our friend and and uh, podcast guest Sam Farmer. And Sam tweeted this today, and I just wanted to read it to you now, Rebecca. Okay. Years ago, I was at a Seattle bookstore signing copies of a book that I wrote. Nobody visited my table. Finally, two women approached, and I grabbed a book to sign. No, they told me, you're blocking the cat calendars. <laughs> and and he, he, he posts that with a picture of the 2023 cat calendars. And, um, Do you he, think that the cat calendars would fit in the cat Bjorn? I think they, I think they might fit in the cat Bjorn. And then, and then 
our friend, in response to that, our friend Rick Riley quote tweeted that and said, one time in Minnesota, the bookstore had 200 chairs set out, two giant mountains of cookies, and two vats of lemonade. One, one guy showed up. My soul dying, I did my little talk. At the end, he raised his hand to ask a question. I called on him. He asked, can we eat the cookies now? <laughs> so, yeah, I've got I my figured own... figured if it was in Minnesota, maybe the question was, do you know Steve Rush? He, he claims, he claims uh, uh, that at a book signing, I think I've said this before, he, he opened it up for questions. The first question was, what's it like to be married to Rebecca Lobo? <laughs> and he replied, it it's helps when you need something off the top shelf. Right. Um, I'll label myself, writes Kevin in Idaho. I'm sorry, Kevin, we've digressed. I'll label myself as one of the few BNC pod perfectionists. Rebecca, third a category. Perfectionist. He's got an asterisk uh, attached to it. With an asterisk, as if memory serves me, I didn't listen to the zero episode, a short preview pod, question mark, before episode one came out. Upon listening, I recall immediately forwarding the podcast link to a few of my friends and family that evening. This list includes my brother, the resident water park expert, oh. who I will... It's, I mean, resident beer and water park experts, Rebecca. Crazy. What a family. Who I will be re reunited with in Minneapolis for the holidays to collaborate on our plans for the best beer-fueled water slides around. A weekend at Bernie the Brewer's? I mean, how great is that? Bernie the Brewer who slides yes. down the slide. Yes. Uh, he used to slide into a mug of beer, but that became somehow uh, a non-starter. Beer-fueled beer -fueled water slide. Nope. It's no longer a water slide. It's a beer slide. Right. And Milwaukee... Uh, the Avalanche Bar, now of a distant memory, was the bar at Marquette that was home of the naked beer slides. Okay. Um, anyway, Merry Christmas from Kevin in Idaho. P.S. writes Kevin, I would be interested to see how and if your greetings are being received while walking, biking, etc. I'm finding a concerning negative trend in returns in the past year. Hmm. If, if only we went on walks or walked the dog, or took bike rides, or just strolled along the uh, the avenue. We, but but we've done none of those things lately, and that's it's right. and it's uh that's kind of a shame. So our returns are. Uh, we should take a walk. Slim to none. And, then, and, then, and then report back on our first podcast of next year how things how things went. That's fair. John, uh, in I don't know where John is, but he's uh, he writes, dear Rebecca and Steve. First of all, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Same to you, John. Uh, second, you are not alone with a stuffed person. My daughter, Rebecca, my daughter, Rebecca, started this thing of having my head mounted when I pass so she could mount me over the fireplace. It has gone from that to being fully stuffed like Steve. <laughs> we have even joked about putting a voice recording of me and my jokes so she could hear them anytime she wanted. How often would that be, Rebecca, in my case? It would be, I don't know, occasionally. <laughs> it would be never. And you can, you can say it. I was wondering if we were the only family to joke about this. I'm glad we are not. LOL. Keep up the great show and thank you for sharing each week. It brings joy to my drives. Happy New Year to all. Uh, Happy New Year to all. And and uh, Rebecca, I think I think you've um, I think we've made some people feel less alone in their desire to uh, a joke about being being no longer here, stuffed or flushed. In the case of uh, <laughs> our resident, I don't know uh, that anything will top being flushed. Uh, our penultimate. Our penultimate um, Gmail of the year, Rebecca. Ah, uh, Dr. Siegel? No. No. Uh, Patty with an I, mm -hmm. whose son is Denny with one N. Ah, hello, Patty. 
with one eye. Well, but one, the letter, the letter I, I, yes. yes. She has she has she, two eyes. As far as we know. As far as we know. One eye in her name. Yes. And Patty writes, Merry Christmas to the Russian family. As a resident travel agent, I can tell you there is no criteria for people using wheelchairs at the airport. When I book an airline ticket and the client requests a wheelchair, I include it in the reservation. I'm not required to ask the client for any documentation or doctor's order, hence the reason for the wheelchair lineup for pre-boarding. That is interesting, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. I mean, the our, our pre- Mo in Arizona very um, uh, appropriately pointed out that there are people with uh, with with um, reasons for pre-boarding that aren't mm-hmm. visible, sure. of course. Mm-hmm. But but a Patty with one eye uh, suggests. Uh, what I'm inferring from this is there must be some people who order them, who put them on the ticket strictly for pre-boarding. Maybe. Well, you saw people summoned. Yes. For- but maybe it, maybe the airlines, instead of saying people with people in wheelchairs yeah. and other conditions, yeah, maybe sure, they absolutely. just know of that course, like you go when people in wheelchairs right. are called. You're not in a wheelchair, but you have other valid reasons for wanting to get on early. I also have a suggestion, writes Patty, that is tried and true in the Gallagher family. Whenever we uh, had a new puppy to train, I use uh, alum to keep the dogs from chewing things. Alum is a spice used to make pickles tart, A-L-U-M. Interesting. But what does she do? She likes- It's found in the spice aisle at the grocery store. I would sprinkle it on soft, chewable things I didn't want the dog to chew on. So our dog recently was chewing on an oven mitt. Yeah, like th- that's the thing with our dogs. Like you would maybe put it on a stuffed animal or something that you're afraid they were going to get. Who would have thought that an oven mitt would be something but, they would but want the, to Well, eat. it has food scent on it, but but then yeah. but then your stuffed animal smells like uh, pickles, alum. right? I don't know. Um, for hard items, alum can be mixed with water and spread on baseboard, furniture, the heels of shoes, etc. It's very tart and makes the dogs very thirsty, so large amounts of water should be left for them. It would only take the dog once or twice, and then they realize they shouldn't eat anything but their food. This tip came from a dog trainer after we had a puppy eat an end table and then need surgery to remove the splinters. Wow. Ate an end table. Wow. They're not very smart beasts. Well, I mean, I, I didn't know if it was just ours or... No, none of them. You're not the only family to discuss, writes uh, Patty, the plans for funerals and dying. My kids have threatened to put on a scrolling marquee with all my lectures and sayings on it so my, quote, words of wisdom will live on after I'm gone. Well, I know How one of those kids. How great would that and, be if you were like in a church for a wake or a funeral and there was a scrolling marquee there? It's, it's, a, uh, it's a variation on my uh, Shark Tank invention of the scrolling marquee the car. for the car window that that you can you can you can customize you can voice to text customize messages for the people for the other behind drivers. you yeah none yeah. of them or or perhaps you could just select from a uh, preloaded menu of of profane uh, messages that reminds me last night I'm driving home late from ESPN the late game so I'm coming home late and there was uh, construction in or in around Hartford on the highway put us in a standstill and then the, and then we started moving like five miles an hour and all of a sudden i'm in the left lane like cars just started flying by me in like the what's the, the shoulder yeah and then cutting in um you know a couple hundred yards up ahead so i did what my dad used to do when we drive to cape cod on vacation and cars would do that in the right lane 
is I put the minivan halfway in the in the shoulder and halfway in my lane so that yeah. nobody could get by. I pulled one of those moves. Well, I've, I've, Happy holidays, everyone. Absolutely. I'm not going to let you fly by and then duck into the left lane. On my, uh, uh, having spent most of the last three days driving to and from New York, I, I, want, I, I it is possible. I mean, there's almost nothing, uh, almost nothing remarkable or, or pleasantly remarkable about those drives, except that I have become nostalgic on those drives for previous drives. So there's a there's a there's a cell tower on the Merritt Parkway or just after you get off the Merritt mm-hmm. going into New York, a mobile station. We always called it half hour tower because it was about a half an hour from there to midtown to, to the, the upper, upper west, west side. side. Yeah. It's now more like the forty three minute minaret right. Uh, right. given traffic. And um and it, it is amazing things you can become nostalgic for, including sitting in traffic in, in one of the the uh, more fraught traffic places in North America, driving uh, from Connecticut into New York. Anyway, Patty writes, I'm pretty sure they don't want to know my thoughts after I'm gone. I do like the idea of having my funeral at the mini golf course, though. So, mm-hmm. not alone. And last but certainly not least, the Gallagher family has some news to share. We have a new addition to the family and are sharing this without the express written permission of the new parents. Denny's brother, Billy, and wife Betsy have welcomed a new little girl into their family. Ah, congratulations. We are not sure if the triple barrel margarita maker was involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure Most it was. Most likely it was. Almost yes. certainly. That makes, that makes Patty Grandma. grandmother and Denny, Uncle, Uncle Denny. Uncle Denny. Uncle right, Denny. Uncle Denny. Uncle with two N's, Denny with one, right? There's two N's in Uncle? No, in, in, just in his case. Oh, Okay. You're looking at me like, what am I talking about? I am. Just ignore me. Okay. Congratulations is what I meant to say. Congratulations. To all involved, That's especially amazing. Billy and Betsy, whose permission, express written consent was not granted. That's okay. So we, we may get an FCC violation from this. Have a wonderful Christmas, writes Patty. Uh, same to you, Patty, and all the Gallaghers, and thank you for l- lending us the, the talents of, of young Denny uh, to produce week and make week. this podcast happen. Finally, our uh, final email, of course, comes from Dr. Gary Siegel. Uh, Hello, Dr. Siegel. Hello, Dr. Siegel. Happy holidays to you. And DGS writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, as per my typical routine, I find myself typing on Monday night, sans proofreading yet again with not only a report to the podcast due, but also a stack of gift cards and notes to prepare for for the clinic staff tomorrow. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and yours, uh, to Denny, to Tom, Dick, and Hari, and of course, the patient viewers who somehow listen weekly to my miscellaneous ramblings and write in with various subject matter of interest. I also hope that your dog is recovering by the time that this note is read. Rebecca, the dog is recovering, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. We should have mentioned that. She's recovering. She's home and seems to be relatively healthy. Uh, To wit, writes Dr. Siegel, one, during his recent... Oh, first of all, right back at you, Dr. Siegel. Happy holidays and thank you for your many contributions to this podcast. Today's day four, day five of Hanukkah? um, Somewhere in there. I just don't know what today is, either the day or the date. Oh, that's true. Yes. Um, But happy Hanukkah to those. I don't don't mean... I don't know what day they're listening to it. I actually don't know what day we're recording this. It is uh, Thursday. Thursday. Yesterday was trash day. That's right. Yes. One, during his recent bout of COVID-19, the pandemic, Steve grumbled a bit about the lack of variety of the commercials on daytime TV. With his fascination with the walk-in tub, I've enclosed the picture from our TV with a discount coupon should it ever be needed. Very I nice. Think, uh, I think sooner rather than later, 15% off. Uh, 
kindly see the attached photo for details. Mrs. DGS leaves the TV on the Hallmark channel, and I catch many of the same commercials until I figure out what to watch and how to connect to it. Um, I haven't watched the Hallmark channel. I know that this is the season for like Hallmark Christmas movies. People mm-hmm. joke about them. Never seen one. Two, there is no baby report from the weekend as I did not work. However, the Formula One report with thanks to Andy in Connecticut is ripe with news. It has been a silly season for team principals, reminding the viewers that the team principal is not necessarily the owner of the team, but the person in charge of it. Late in the season, rumors began that Matteo Matteo Benotto, forgive my pronunciation. Matteo, I think it would be. But it's it's M-A-T-T-I-O. Oh, okay. Uh, The team principal of Ferrari might be in jeopardy of losing his position. In just a few days, in early December, there was a virtual musical chairs of changes as follows. A, the team principal at Williams stepped down with no replacement named. While Williams is the third oldest team that has continually contested the F1 World Championship, its eponymous owner, Frank Williams, passed away in 2021. And the team had been sold to a New York venture capital group during 2020. Has it, nothing not been sold to a New York venture capital group? No, the team was a powerhouse in the 80s and 90s, but sadly their last race win was in 2012, and they've not been competitive since 2016. B. Matteo Bonato indeed left Scuderio Ferrari and was quickly replaced by the Alfa Romeo team boss, Frenchman Fred Vasseur. It's very hard to say Fred with a with a, a French accent, yes. but I've, I've tried. C. And finally, shortly thereafter, Andreas Seidel, the McLaren team principal, replaced Vasseur at Alfa Romeo. The team, which has its roots as uh, Team Sauber, is lo- losing the Alfa Romeo name in 2023 and will be the factory Audi team in 2026. I saw an Audi yesterday, Rebecca, down in Fairfield County that was uh, electric green. It was super cool. Oh, it was the color cool. of like a uh, like a Jolly Rancher. Mm. Three, the World Cup final was spellbinding. While I've not been a soccer fan, I think that it is indeed a beautiful game, and I hope to follow the Premier League more closely. The Spurs play on 1226, and I hope to be watching, although I must inform our viewers that, sadly, the hospitals at which I have and do work don't have VCRs or any way to record or pause TV shows. It is a minor problem. You know, you, of course, if, 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 if a woman is going into labor and you have to pause your, your soccer match, mm-hmm. you can see how that would be an issue. Of course. Be a bigger issue if in 2022 they had VCRs. Though. That's true. Well, remember the TVs with the built-in VCR. Yes, of course. Four. As a side note, the Myrtle Beach Bowl with Marshall versus UConn was on TV today in the gym's locker room. I am sad to report that the Thundering Herd doubled the Huskies, 28 to 14. You asked me just the other day. Um, you said, did we win the? Did we? Yes. Did our our local football team that hasn't been to a bowl in close to 10 years? Did they win? And yet you, did not. you don't have a Yukon bumper magnet, so I you're not, not you're not qualified to uh, to watch. Five random items from last podcast. How neat was it that Ralph, the party bus driver, met another viewer over a coffee grinder tail? A coffee grinder tail that is has become a bigger even a big you know, yeah. a bigger life. Or that Emily in Atlanta escaped a jury duty, although we don't know each other, and that the Russians have joked about stuffing Steve upon his demise. Mm. Six I would like to ask the viewers to petition ESPN to cover an Atlanta Dream home game and send our favorite ESPN broadcasters, even though the Dream hasn't been at the top of their game for a while. Rebecca, I mean, uh, a summit meeting between you, Dr. Siegel, and, and whoever else has written in to uh, to suggest such a thing. I think it, it has to happen. All right. In closing this lengthy note, writes Dr. Siegel, I have to recall a short in-between schmooze or anecdote that our retired rabbi once offered between prayers. He informed the congregants that he had a mild beef with drivers who, after be- having been left into a line, led into a line of traffic, failed to wave thank you to him. A few months later, when I was a bit slow to move when a traffic light turned green, I heard from behind a hefty honk as opposed to a light one. 
Thus, as we approach Christmas and a new year, and as I emailed our rabbi, perhaps we would all be better off with fewer honks and more waves all the time. Rebecca, what Hashtag fewer honks. Fewer honks, more more waves. waves. What a a great way to end the year, to Mm -hmm. end the podcast, to end um, 2022 ball and chain uh, calendar. So so Tom Dick Harry won't play us out today. Steve Rush will play us out today. Tom Dick Harry and Gary. Mm-hmm. The two R's. Thank you, uh, Uncle Denny. Well, well we, we always have Gari followed by Tom Dick and Hari. We we thank Denny. Uncle we thank Denny. everybody. I don't know if Tom Dick and Hari will play us out after I play us out. I don't remember. But, how but that let works. me let me just say that um, I, I didn't work on a Christmas song this year, so I, I had to quickly and hastily revive Christmas time. The Vince Guaraldi Christmas time is here. The okay. Vince Guaraldi classic. It is a it is a halting, halting and haunting version that I play because uh because Don't apologize for it just no, I'm not apologizing I'm just you, saying what you've done it's, and it's, let people appreciate it, it it's haunting in a way that that you know it would play over a uh, like an attic scene in a horror movie where they're panning you know clowns and and dolls and things like that but it's meant in the spirit of uh, played perfectly it would be boring who wants that I, I think what we're doing is, your, is I want to hear your just is a medley of of when you wish upon a star mm-hmm. the aforementioned Laura which I came up on last week's podcast mm-hmm. And then a bit of uh, of Christmas time is here, and it is. And on these uh, these uh, sometimes misplayed notes, we're going to wish you all happy holidays, Rebecca. It just it's the misplayed notes that make life interesting. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas to all our listeners, and uh, we'll see you in the new year. Thank you.